0: I do
1: i in the club with some on
0: skirt with my my feet you know on my feet you know on my feet what is up doe? welcome for another edition of the Pixel Roll Show, where we discuss the best basketball team on the face of Mother Earth, your Washington Wizards. Hi, I'm Adam McGinnis. It is November 9th, 2015. It is a Monday, Monday, Monday. Uh, I got a special edition again uh, with me. Another guest, Kyle, is uh, too busy with life and uh, his, his wife and ignoring my emails and texts. Uh, to, to, to be on the show anymore, but with us today is, a, I mean, I had to have him on, uh, you know, we've never actually met in real life, even though both of us, I think, have been blogging about this team for over a decade combined, uh, Mr. Bullets Forever, Mr. Jake Whitaker, what is up, Jake, how are you, man? Oh, not much, is, it,
1: is there a game this
0: week? I, I, I hear there is a game, uh, 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 you know, there's also a season going on, I, I don't know if if you've caught that at all here and there here and there so uh yeah how uh like i said is it, 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 i think i've basically met every single person uh on your staff or everyone involved in the wizards and we have not actually got a chance to meet in person but i think we're basically friends on every social media <laughs> outlet i yeah. out, yeah, think that, just as good <laughs> just as good but we will definitely uh have to, uh, to meet in person i know that uh we, we came close here uh, a couple weeks ago, but I, I know that you, you know, you're a busy man uh, with the apples, and uh, you're, you know, being an awesome father to your little daughter. Uh, how was Halloween?
1: Um, It was pretty good. Um, At the end, um, she forced me to carry her around, which I thought was kind of BS. You know, if you're going to dress up <laughs> like Cleopatra and people carry you around and hand you candy, you should have committed to that earlier, but... Other than that it was good. How how old how old is she now? Uh three and a half. Three and a half. So um she's uh right at that kind of peak age where everyone kinda of lavishes love on you before you get to kindergarten and you know, you're just a kid and they just let you run around. So, <laughs> any good candy,
0: any any good candy you stole from her or, or
1: Um She's not a fan of the sour candy, which kinda of plays in my uh real house. So <laughs> we, we we work we worked um, the right uh, trade negotiations out. Uh, she'll get some future second-round picks, and uh, I got the candy I needed to become a contender. So great! It's all
0: worked out. Is is there a candy trade machine? Uh, maybe, maybe maybe that's something we should uh, think about in the future, huh? See how the salary cap matches up. The salary uh, cap implications.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think we've got the right the right um, you know compensation. To work out, so. <laughs> No
0: one, no one leaves empty end Well, no one really cares about uh, our stories about Candy. What they do care is about the uh, Washington Wizards who are currently a three and three on the season, a rough, rough weekend. Oh, go 0 two on their road trip. They're one and one at home, uh, with a thrilling victory over the Spurs last week and a Beal game winner. They are now two and two on the road after winning the first two and dropping their last two over the weekend was a kind of a overall poor effort. The sit, you know 500 before we get into the team let's just start what is your overall sense of this team where they are currently right now uh you know two weeks into the season
1: um i mean i think they're about you know where we realistically expected them i i think you know that that preseason is an offense that kind of you know revolutionized the world wasn't gonna last once they faced some real competition. And, you know i think they're. They're really, other teams are starting to force the Wizards to do the things they don't want to do, like put Chris Humphreys in a position where he has to make plays with the ball or force Otto Porter to shoot more. And you know, I, I mean, thankfully Bradley Beal is you know stepping up to the challenge, but uh, you know, the rest of the roster is still trying to adjust to this new system, and it's it takes some time, and uh, hopefully, they kinda work out some of the kinks with the turnovers and getting Gortat involved, but uh I think that'll come with time.
0: Yeah, what you know, currently, let me let's bring up some stats. I know it's a small sample size, the season is young. And me and Kyle, you know, in our season preview, kinda said, okay, this new offense, which was number one in the preseason, like you referenced here a little bit earlier, we knew that there would be a little slacking of the defense if they're off. They're going to play this fast space that, you know, they couldn't play the Whitman style defense, but, but we also felt, you know, they were top five, top 10 defense. We also felt that they still had to be an upper you know, if the offense was going to be really awesome and top five, top 10 offense, which, you know, had basically been kind of a mediocre mid lane offense that the defense could slip, but couldn't slip too much. Unfortunately we've seen both currently Washington ranks 23rd in offense uh, efficiency in the NBA, and they they rank 21st in defense. It's kind of shocking. They're actually three and three with those kind of numbers, yeah. <laughs> you know. And once again, small sample size, six games. You know, it's hard to really read any anything too much into this. But you know, and it's also about opponents and matchups, and you know, injuries and different things. Of you know, with the Wizards, for especially they're trying to implement a new system. I mean, we're not going to expect them to be right into it, even though maybe the preseason was a little fool's gold that we thought the adjustment, I, I and mean, I did personally, I was like, oh, hey, they adjusted really hard. They adjusted really easily that the the season should just go just as smoothly. Like you mentioned, what of those numbers, should we be concerned or worried about those numbers as a Wizards fans?
1: I would be a little bit concerned about the defense. I think the offense will shake out because I think once you eliminate the turn, turnovers, And just, like, look at strictly the offense when they're actually putting the ball up. It it does look better. And so I think once they kind of work out the communication issues and where everyone should be on the floor, that'll work itself out. But, you know, the defense, you know, that's a little testy. I I know part of it is probably they spent a lot more time at training camp working on the offense than the defense, and some of that should work itself out. But at the same time, you are – Go into a smaller lineup, you have less opportunities to get rebounds, and you know you can't get exploited by bigger power forwards. So, you know they they gotta tighten some stuff up there. But I, I I think both things are correctable, but the defense may not get back to the level we've been accustomed to the last couple of years.
0: Now, where do you, is that just by playing small, by not having that extra big? I mean, Nene and Gortat have always been pretty stalwarts around the lane, especially on help defense, uh, you know, funneling their, you know, the system is basically kind of funneling the guys to Nene and Gortat. Now, with them not playing, and Humphrey's not as good as defender, is it just not buying into this system? Because I think that the, 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 the parameter D should be just as good, or is it a lack of, maybe not just not as much effort because of the whole conditioning aspect potentially of of this new offense.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both and you know, the the conditioning will come and you know, especially when you have Jared Dudley in there, you know, you'll have a a a true defensive stretch four, you know, Chris Humphreys is you know kind of like a refurbished stretch four and so he doesn't you know, quite get all the concepts yet, and you kind of see how that kind of messes some things up. But you know, I, you know, if you if you're just going small for the sake of going small, sometimes you know that can come back to bite you.
0: As for the turnovers, I looked it up. Currently, the Wizards are in last in the NBA, or first actually, if you look at it that way. They have turned the ball over 19.7 times a game. Uh, second place is Philly at eighteen point eighteen point two. Oklahoma City is at eighteen point one. Boston at seventeen. So I mean, from first, they're almost turning it over three times more a game than uh, you know the fourth or fifth team in the NBA. Dallas is first at the least turnovers at twelve. What have you seen out of these turnovers? I mean, I mean, I mean. Usually, what, what I always feel like sometimes coaches, you know, in press conferences or post game, they lose. It's like an easy talking point to be like, oh, look at those turnovers, it, you know. And sometimes it's like, well, but that turnover didn't lead to any points, right? And and, and sometimes it's just kind of a misnomer. or We need a rebound more, or better. But then you know, you made more shots, so there's less rebound chances. <laughs> you know, like, like, well, so, it, like sometimes these stats can be manipulative and coaches speak. But but it seems like there's been a more carelessness aspect of these turnovers, uh, more forced, and maybe this is once again the new system, but. I don't know. The new system still is just pushing the ball over and you should be shooting the ball more and less turnovers. I, I'm trying to do too much? What have you seen on these turnovers? And I mean, obviously, we need to be concerned about the turnovers. But also, I don't really, really get too concerned about John Wall's turnovers. Because if you look, who's number one in turnovers of, of the league every year individually? It's Kevin Durant. It's LeBron James. It's Chris Paul. It's John Wall. Because they have the ball more in their hands. So I don't sometimes I don't really buy too much into the chrism of John Wall's turnovers. But yet, you can't sit there and say eight turnovers a game is a good thing. <laughs>
1: but, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's always just going to be a byproduct mm-hmm. of turnover just because this wall, and especially Beal now, um, with Pierce gone, you know, those two guys are being asked to do a lot of the creating since, you know, Porter, Humphreys, and Gortat are more guys that you want finishing a sequence than starting it. And so I think right now they're still kind of figuring out how to take on that extra load, you know, without really having a a good third guy to kind of bail them out. And also, you know, I I do think there's parts of it, like there's a one sequence against Atlanta where, you know, Wall basically was just pushing it like one on five because he thought Beal was going to be right there in the corner on the break. But Beal stopped at, you know, one of those boxes, I guess, that they take down, you know, during – you know, training camp, and the paths was just way off. It's, you know, part of it's, you know, still just kind of working out some of the kinks of actually putting the new system into practice against an actual opponent. But I, I do think there are, you know, a couple red flags with how they don't really have that great third guy to kind of bail them out. And sometimes when they throw in Ramon Sessions or Gary Neal, as like a third ball handler, the offense does seem to be a little more cohesive just because you have that extra guy that can do something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been a big fan of Ramon, Ramon Sessions. I mean, I know that he frustrates Wizards fans with his lack of ability to finish at times. Which, but overall, I think he's been a positive. Uh, Neil, you know, hit and miss. I think Neil's hit and miss. I think that he's probably playing more minutes than he normally probably might be at the end of the at the end of the season because of some injury situation to, to Anderson, especially to Allen Anderson. Going back to – how about we just go positive pixels? I, I know Ted Leonsis is listening. What sure. up, Ted? Skinny T, how you doing? Uh, congratulations on uh, buying comp, th- getting a third of Comcast, uh, which I think maybe we'll discuss at the end. Uh, breaking news, if anyone doesn't know, that the Wizards Monumental Sports, which is owned by the, the, the Monumental Sports Network, which is owned by the ownership group that owns the Caps, the Wizards Rising Center – uh, and the Mystics uh, partnered with Comcast r- reports today that instead of eliminating Comcast and forming their own TV network and getting the rights, that they're going to form a partnership with podcast, Comcast and own in, in re- for like 30 more years, I think, till 2030. And then Ted will basically have 30% 30, uh, third ownership group of Comcast. Your thoughts on that real quick. I guess I just said we we're going to talk about it later, but yeah. what, what did it, it just, yeah. that was breaking news this morning. So that's why I'm breaking it
1: yeah no i I think it makes good sense for both sides. Um, you know, I don't blame you know, I'm sure they looked at um trying to go completely independent, but you know until someone does it and shows it can work it you know there there are worse uh, ways to well, let me rephrase that there um, it's never wrong to bet on uh, cable making money. <laughs> You especially, know. especially Comcast. So, I, I think it just makes sense for everyone. And so, so uh, I'm, I'm glad that there's not going to be that uh, cloud moving the old things here in a few years.
0: Well, it, it will also re-highlight uh, our independence of uh, Bullets Forever and Truth About It, so you can keep coming to us for uh, 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 unvarnished uh, opinions, which Skinny T, Ted the uh, does usually does not like, but he likes the positive ones, Jake. And what positive pixels uh, can you give fans and me f- that you've seen of the season f- uh, so far, some talking points positively.
1: I mean, definitely Bradley Field. um, I think he's really embraced being that second guy and, you know, being a second guy in today's NBA makes you a max player. And I think, you know, as long as, uh, this arm thing he's got going on, isn't serious. Um,
0: I'm sorry to you know, Have I you think- heard an update on that?
1: No, I haven't, either. I haven't heard anything, but, that makes me think the more we uh, don't hear anything, the better.
0: Yeah. He is part Wolverine for some reason. Sometimes he he has bad so, scrapes that, um, that... Yeah,
1: fingers crossed on that, but uh, hopefully yeah. things will work out. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. So, um, um, I, I think it's not only is he you know, scoring more, but he, he's doing it the right way. Taking more threes, getting to the free throw line more. Yeah. You know, yeah, he still takes long twos, but you can't completely eliminate that if you're taking on as much of a role as he is. And I think when he does take long twos, he's shooting them a lot better this year than he did last year, which helps a lot, you know, instead of, you know, making a third of your shots in the mid-range or making closer to half, that's a big difference. And so I think that's a huge deal for the Wizards this year, is even, you know, in smaller victories, Chris Humphries being able to make a three this year is good. You know, he, he doesn't have all the things you might want, like a playmaking for, like a 3 like green. But just being able to hit that occasional corner three, that, that's a nice thing to have. And I'm glad it's there now.
0: Yeah, definitely. My concern with Humphreys is that I think he's thinking too much still a little bit, and he's out there. And once again, he's never played this way in his whole life, so the fact that all of a sudden after, what, four weeks of camp and two weeks of the season, I, I feel like an 11-year vet should just be remake his whole game, and it should just be smooth. <laughs> That's kind of unrealistic, so I don't place too much criticism on him. And I think that you mentioned his ability to shoot the three and that he has worked on it and that he is a threat definitely opens up some driving lanes. I just get worried when he tries a pump fake and then take a drive. Yeah. And, and it's like, listen, dude, like, and I think I think Whitman has basically maybe has told him, too. I don't think the coaching staff has him, he's like you shoot the open three or you or you pass the ball. You know, like, like yeah, like anything that he, anytime he puts the ball on the, uh, on the floor, that is a negative waiting to happen for the Wizards. And that's not his game either, especially when he swings the ball, then he has a chance to either go back on defense or crash the boards, which are definitely his positive. And I think that sometimes he just is out of whack. He's like, should I shoot this three? It's really not been in my ingrained in my game. And even though in the preseason, we saw him jack a lot more up. But, you know, once again, that's the preseason, the fake games. The real games are a lot different. I think the Dudley thing is still, um, uh, it can be a positive. I think the other positive is is John Wall. I know his turnovers, but he's still, you know, that Spurs game, Popovich talked about how he dominated the game. I mentioned that on my last podcast. I think that we have seen John Wall uh, be John Wall. I think that he still needs to raise his game a little bit, and I think he's going to probably get criticism once, if this if the team still is kind of stuck around 500, which they are now. Bradley Beal stepping up, I think definitely is uh, is a positive. I mentioned Ramon Sessions. What, and I think that another positive is, is Whitman embracing uh, this new style, you know. And I think that that still needs to give credit, uh, and hopefully he, in, in him sticking to it, because I think he is committed to doing this. And and I mentioned uh, I had a previous podcast. It's kind of like, well, he kind of has no other choice, right? And that yeah. kind of mentions to my negatives. That's a good segue. The negatives is maybe. I see a lack of another big uh, mm-hmm. you know and we, we me and Kyle mentioned it. we said, you know, what if Nene and Gortat get in foul trouble now you have Humphreys kind of thinking too much. We you know Anderson's hurt, you don't have Martel either, which is uh, hurting on depth because you can't go extremely small with Anderson or maybe uh you know Otto more at the four. It seems like this athletic big. On the second unit, especially, is kind of a glaring weakness. You know, what up, Bobby Portis? Maybe drafting over, over. And I hate to bring that up, but I'm probably going to harp on that all season instead of Kelly Oubre. That, that a young athletic big, maybe one that can shoot to play the four, the stretch four position, or just maybe rebound and block. Do you see that happening? Because uh, Nene and Gortat just seem. Nene looks really old and out of out of set. Some games he looks okay. Some games he doesn't. I don't really get. Too much into his offensive production, Gortat. You know, he said he's in a funk already. He's already given more chant, more, more March and Gortat. You know, quotes where you need to analyze him. Like he's on the the. You know, he's in the shrink's couch already. You yeah. know, over two weeks in, and he's already given these like weird quotes about him, yeah. about it. You know, but Gortat is. You know, he's he's too candid to a fault at times. Uh, what What have you seen? You know, I, I threw a lot out there. What have you seen negatively and how concerned are you on this whole big situation the wizards have currently?
1: yeah I, I, the, the most worrisome thing about the bigs to me is that we haven't even hit the, the crisis scenario, which is when Ninely <laughs> misses time with an injury and then you're looking at you know Dewan Blair or you know someone else trying to fill in the five you know for 10 15 minutes a game and there's just no one that really fits that, that mold I and mean, Duan Blair just isn't the right center for this era now. You know, he doesn't have the length to disrupt shots defensively and you know, he you know, he's still, you know, better than average rebounding, but he's not, you know, a game changer on that, that end. And so it just ends up with you just get a lot of fouls, you know, as a third big, just to give you like a chase like a change of pace, he's okay, but anything more than that, you're putting the Wizards in a bad spot and really have no other options. And so, you know, you've got, you know, just a bunch of old legs down low. And I think that it's going to create issues against especially the younger teams that want to get up and down the floor like Orlando and, you know, even to some extent Milwaukee. You know, if you can't, you know, just, get the rebounds cause you're getting out jumped every time you're putting your team at a disadvantage. So, you know, I think that's the big problem that hasn't even become as big as it could be yet. And then I think, you know, the other issue, like I said before, is just having that lack of a third creator in the starting lineup. You know, I think Otto Porter is taking strides, but still, you know, his best value is always going to be as a cutter or you know sneaking off to the corner to hit a 3 if you have the ball
0: in his hands he can't do that. So yeah, I mean there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock sorry, it's a
1: tricky balance to
0: find. Right. There's 10 seconds left on the shot so, clock. You're not going to give it to Otto Porter to create a shot. I mean, that's not going to work out uh, most of the time, right? right. And, and, and you're right, especially on the second unit, we've seen Bradley become more of a playmaker, but then we're asking a lot out of Bradley then, right? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I mean, to do that in night in and night out and also come off all the screens and shoot all the balls on the first on the first unit what you know? another name we have not mentioned. Uh, Drew Gooden, and 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 back to this four spot. Worrisome. We got Humphrey still adjusting, but you know we've given him credit for having the ability to shoot the three. You know, so they didn't bring him out. So we have Dudley who looks okay, but to expect him after back surgery to play heavy minutes, he's he was slow to begin with before back surgery. Uh, you know, and he's and he's missed some big shots. I think that. That could have changed the momentums in a few games, especially that Knicks game comes to mind. And and I don't know why the hell he talked crap about Carmelo Anthony in the, in the in the off season. I didn't even know that. That pissed me off when I found that out. And Melo got all Melo got all like motivated. I was like, we don't need to motivate Carmelo Anthony to come to yeah. DC. What the hell is that? And and then also Drew Gooden. It seems like Drew Gooden's good play that we saw at the end of last season. Drew becomes. He just kind of a spaz and and once again maybe we're asking too much out of Drew Gooden at this point of his career. Maybe he's you know, at the end of the season we see a small sampling size where he kinda got hot he got hot a little bit uh at the end of the season. And I think I just lost you, Jake. Uh we're gonna we're gonna try this again. Uh we ran into some technical difficulties. and uh, we're gonna start with Drew Gooden. I'll uh, we'll be right back. Uh this is Picks on Roll, Adam McGinnis. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Drew Gooden uh, at the four. What? What do you? Are the Wizards asking too much out of out of Drew Gooden? Because it seems to me one game he's good, one game he's disaster. His defense has always been iffy at best. He improved a little bit down the stretch, but he's able to give something offensively. It. Are we just Drew Gooden just playing too much? and We need Dudley to play, or is there someone else on this team that can play the four? Or or they just don't have that stretch for again for another season, uh, or we're just waiting for the guy we're going to talk about in the final segment of this podcast.
1: Yeah. I think the goodness, it's just, again, you know, doubling down on over big you know, he, you know, just the last two games with, I guess, a knee thing, which, you know, probably has been bothering him all season, which would explain why he hasn't looked quite as good as he did, you know, last spring. And I think, you know, At this point, you try to get away with as much Chris Humphreys and Dudley and even a little Otto Porter at the floor as you can because I think you want Gooden as rested as possible for when you might need him if, you know, someone else gets hurt or, you know, just when you're ready for that playoff stretcher on. I think, you know, there's still some things you can do because he gives you, you know, I think the most dependable shooting from beyond the Dark and also, you know, just enough, like, girth to deal with, like, some of your bigger power forwards from time to time. But, you know, you, you don't need to really use up what minutes he has right now when other guys can handle it.
0: So what type of adjustments can this team make? Uh, is it too early for the pan? I mean, I'm too early on the panic button. I think that you need at least 20 games maybe with this new system to kind of see what's up, especially I think Ellen Anderson. Uh, whenever he, but he's gonna, I guess, not gonna come back for at least a couple months, supposedly. But maybe some other guys get healthy and kind of see where they're at. How can what type of adjustments do you see this team should be-, should be able to make on the roster? Is there just a sense of more cohesiveness on this? this new system? Is it just, you know, Hey, we got to play some effing defense or is there moves to be made outside, uh, to bring somebody in or is it too soon for any of the, that type of thinking?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's too early to panic in terms of like roster moves or even major rotation shakeups. I think, you know, hopefully with another 10 to 15 games, Dudley's, you know, in, in good enough basketball shape that he can take, over maybe the starter role, because I think he, you know, pairs a lot better with the rest of the starting lineup. I think he'll open up a lot of things, and you know, while he's no Paul Pierce in terms of what he can do on the ball, he can he can still do a little bit. And I think you know, at least compared to Chris Humphreys, and so I think having that in the future will help things. But I, I wouldn't panic until you know at least the start of the new year once. Hopefully, you uh, have Alan Anderson back, and hopefully, a better idea of what the team can do with mostly, help, mostly a mostly healthy roster.
0: Have, have you seen an update on Martell Webster yet? Has he decided to have surgery?
1: I have. I haven't seen him um, say he needs surgery, so I'm guessing they're still trying out the uh, the hip adjusting glasses to see if that um, does the trick. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, until you know someone's like really injured and has to push them to maybe use Webster, I, I don't blame them for just letting him get whatever rest he needs to see if they can get his hip working the way it should.
0: Yeah, I think I'll probably try to ask a question to somebody on the either background or on the record, just be like, "What is the timetable of making a decision?" Right? I mean, it seems yeah. like it seems like once they make a decision. You know they said a couple of weeks ago he could be out till March, which obviously means probably the season, right? So maybe they're just maybe they're just going to hold out hope, push this as long as they can to be like once they have surgery then he's going to be done. And that might actually end his Wizards career, or potentially his NBA career. So maybe there's no real rush to make a make a decision yet, but at some point the Wizards probably to sound very, you well, know, not human being about it, at some point we'll probably have to need the, his roster spot if he's not going to be able to go, right?
1: Right. Well, Well. and, and then there, you know, have the whole tricky situation with his partial guarantee next year. Correct. And, you know, there's the whole thing with if he misses 13 games this season, then his contract isn't fully guaranteed. And then they could stretch him potentially this summer and, you know, save about $1.5 by stretching out his – what guaranteed salary he has over the next three years. So, I mean, if Ted and, you know, the rest of the team really wants to bite the bullet and, you know, uh, Webster is out, then, you know, maybe they'll try to work out some kind of buyout to open up that roster spot. But, you know, I don't blame them for trying to take their time and making sure they know what they want to do before they – Take a course
0: of action. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Webster be healthy, and I'd like to see him contribute to this team. I don't, I'm not against those things, but I'm also being realistic that at some point, if he's not going to be able to, that they need to make a decision and buy him out or stretch position. I think buying him out would probably be a better uh, situation for the Wizards, and maybe even buying out Blair too, and then creating two extra roster spots <laughs> that they can go. But I think it's too early, like you said, at three and three, to talk about that stuff. Now, of course. You know, they go. They end up four and six. They go seven and nine. You know, they're ten and twelve. I think that will will be there'll be some scapegoating and pointing finger pointing going on, especially on the online fans. Uh, to you know, they need to do something right, and doing something for doing something's sake. I'm always against, but I think that maybe if they're gonna do something, that those are the two areas where they can realistically. Uh, Get flexible with those two spots, but like I said, I hope uh, Martel gets gets healthy, and this whole conversation is moot. But outlook, give me what is the outlook? Three and three, rough road, rough defense, a lot of turnovers. Fans should just chill.
1: I think so. Yeah. I, um, I mean, not not to be the depressing, uh, lukewarm take guy, but I, <laughs> I think. Uh, I, I think we're just in for another season like we had last year,
0: up and down, there's rocky, some
1: good highs, some weird lows when there's some injuries. But at the end of the season, they'll be right around you know third through sixth seed in the East, and hopefully they'll be healthy and uh, playoff Whitman will be ready to take them to new high. Whitman,
0: ice. Whitman Ball, baby, I'm ready. Uh, you know, only only seventy six games to go. But that means that the 75th game, or I'm sorry, the 7th game, uh, 75th out of the 82, will be Tuesday night at the phone booth of the Verizon Center. Uh, This guy named Kevin Durant is coming to town. And one of the main reasons I want to have you on, because aside from your your breadth of Wizards knowledge uh, and your pulse on the community, is that you have been, uh, I think, a huge proponent uh, you know, I would say facetiously at best, uh, cynically, you know, pixel creating at worst <laughs> of the of the KD to KD to uh, DC, DC DC movement. Before I start, I what your overall assessment. Tell the people what's up. I know sometimes I know you personally know your thing, so I know it comes across tongue in cheek to me, and I think sometimes other people it doesn't. <laughs> and I think you've had some. uh some, some funny run-ins with this over, over the years with people misinterpreting uh, you or maybe your site in general of what Bullets Forever is doing with this Kevin Durant to DC thing. So big day. Is this like Christmas morning for you? Uh, uh, yeah,
1: it's... Um, it's uh, and then the uh, article that dropped today from Michael Lee uh, only helped things, I guess. Uh, <laughs> just, um, you know, like people that aren't even inside on the joke But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, KD to DC, it's like, it's a fun thing to embrace just because the Wizards only seem to be in the running most times for washed up superstars and not
0: (laughs) superstars in their
1: prime. You know, just because, you know, DC is a great city, but not uh, necessarily a prime NBA destination most of the time. And this is the one opportunity where the Wizards can really, you know, get mentioned with the Lakers and the Knicks and all the other star, you know, locales for like a superstar. And so it's like, if we're going to have to talk about this for two years, we might as well have fun with it. So, you know, we've we've done some uh, absurd things with it, but, you know, you got to commit to the bit.
0: So you're all in on the KD to DC thing. How serious are you with all this stuff? And when people ask you about it, how do you respond?
1: Well, it's like, I'm serious about having fun with it. I, I really don't think the odds are great of Kevin Durant actually coming. I think if there's just so much going for him in Oklahoma City. It would take a you know just massive change in fortunes for Oklahoma City and for Washington to really make the stars align to where Durant would consider leaving money on the table and just Russell Westbrook and Ibaka to come here but you know until then just you know the wizards are playing with house money so have fun with it
0: so you have a very good take but there are a lot of fans i feel are maybe too hopeful too optimism and do you do you sense that you are you're antagonizing that or pushing a false hope or do you think that you since you know that you're having fun with it, that you don't feel responsible for that or your site? Or do you know when critics come back to be like, Hey, chill out on Kevin Durant stuff? Or or do you or you know, how do you handle that 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 kind of nuance or dance between those two both the two those two things? Yeah,
1: I mean you know, I, I think I do worry sometimes that some people maybe are don't see the humor in it and are just kind of looking at it from a, a colder, more analytical perspective. But, you know, I mean, the whole point of sports is to have fun. It's <laughs> like, if we can't have fun talking about what's actually happening before our eyes with, you know, this weird kind of awkward courtship, then, you know, what's the point? And so, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll deal with the occasional... Troll every
0: now and then, but it's it's fun. When you've looked back at you pushing the KD to DC meme, uh, you know, albeit you know, doing doing it with humor and with fun. Is there any time that you've done something where you're like, oh shit, I shouldn't have done that, <laughs> or like or like it, or would say I, I do not that you regret it, but like it, I think there was something that was on ESPN maybe once. I don't know if that's the one, uh, or there's another thing that maybe you don't regret doing it, but you're you it was interpreted the wrong way of what the, like your intent i guess
1: um oh uh, i mean no I regrets screw guy. them all <laughs>
0: but, um, that's every post I, adam what the hell are you talking about
1: <laughs> no no but i mean it's it's just you know it is what it is you know we're just my thing is it's like let's just be creative about it the people that you know Understand you, understand you. There's always going to be people that don't. So I, you know, I, I try not to dwell on it too much. But as far as like, there's there's been a bunch of things I've thought about doing, and then I was like, no, <laughs> I don't do this. So
0: give I, me give me an example.
1: The worst, like, well, I, I had an idea to, um, you know, that Kevin Durant Sonic commercial where he's like thinking about wings.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Um, I was thinking about overdubbing that. It's like his actual thoughts about joining the Wizards. And then I was like, mm, I don't need to do this. And it's just going to be my voice, and I do a terrible Kevin Durant impression. So I, it, it wouldn't have
0: been fun. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I, I, I Googled the amount of uh, Sonic restaurants in the uh, D.C. area <laughs> when he had that deal. I, I think I've, I've Googled... You know the how far it is from Seat Pleasant, Maryland, where he grew up, to the Verizon Center. How far it is the new practice facility to Seat Pleasant? (laughs) You know, I've done my fair share of you know usually poking fun on Twitter uh, myself, so I'm I'm definitely not innocent in this uh, KD to DC thing myself. But I but I definitely am nowhere on the scale of uh, of that you're at now. uh, Speak. You mentioned earlier Michael Lee's quotes, and I want to or Michael Lee's article now with formerly at the washington post now with yahoo uh with woge's uh new outfit and he had a feature uh story on kevin durant that just dropped today and it's interesting because i because i had read in the preseason durant wasn't doing that many interviews he was shutting down a lot of national media people so it was curious and good good on a uh, good coup on michael uh lee to get get a sit down with him but i'm just going to read you his quotes real quick and i want to hear your response Durant remembers the environment he encountered last season when the Thunder made their lone visit last January, and Wizards fans' conflicted loyalties loyalties fawned over him, holding KD to DC signs and wearing Wizards number 35 jerseys with Durant on the back. During one bizarre scene in the arena, Durant was briefly shown photoshopped in a Washington jersey on the Jumbo screen in the fourth quarter of the Thunder's overtime win. To be fair, that was not you, Jake, so uh, I'll give you uh, uh, a—Durant— it was crazy, it was crazy, Durant said. It was kind of disrespectful, in my opinion, because you've got a great team there already that deserves your full 100% support, and I wouldn't like it if I was on that team. And I didn't like that, but it comes with it nowadays. It's a part of it. I'm really not good with attention, he said. I really don't want, like, all this stuff to be centered around me. It comes with it. It's a part of it, but I'm still getting used to it. I learned to embrace it a little bit more, but it's still a little awkward for me. Uh, He keeps going in. He talks about frequency. Uh you know, this kind of stuff. And he talks about he cares more about his teammates and what Coach just says. Your thoughts, he basically kind of put a lot of cold water. Uh, I put this up on Twitter today. I had a couple of things to say maybe fans are pushing him away. I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't think we should give fans too much credit or this hashtag or these T-shirts or any of this. Your thoughts on his quotes and what you saw that this morning or what you're going to run maybe on Bolts Forever.
1: Yeah, well, I, I you know, I did one of my – you know dumb translator bits with it but you know like honestly you know he's not wrong to to say hey you should cheer for the team you've got here they're pretty good because yeah they are and honestly you know when you you know come to a game and you're basically cheering for the guy on the other team it you know it kind of makes you look desperate and honestly i think it would be a far better recruiting pitch to Kevin Durant to be like, look at this great crowd we have that has their teams back no matter what and, you know, makes it a hostile, terrible environment for anyone that comes here, even you, the hometown legend. I think that just would resonate so much more with superstars, but I'm, I'm not holding my breath that fans will actually do that too soon. <laughs> I think it's going to be Um, a bit of a circus, but that's just the way it's going to be because, honestly, DC really doesn't know how to handle having a superstar because there just really haven't been that many that come through DC in their primes. And so if it looks like, you know, when other people are like, you know, I act like you've been there before, well, we really haven't. And I think that's probably going to that part of it will rear its ugly head to some extent Tuesday, so you know I don't blame him for being like, calm down.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was at. I've, I've actually been to the last. I've covered the last three Durant games uh, in DC last year. They actually lost in overtime uh, on a. Weswell Westbrook basically drove through the lane and nobody covered him, and that was a game-winning shot. Two years ago, the Wizards actually killed them, and three years ago, BL's rookie year, they actually beat them on an upset, uh, crazy lean-in winner. So you've seen some success of the Wizards against the Thunder. It's been kind of weird. I don't know how much Durant coming home has played into it. Last year was a scene. I mean, you had local news all over. You had those jerseys. I was in the locker room interviewing him uh, before and after, and, you know, he he knows it's coming I mean, he kind of mentions this in this article that I will link in the show notes of this podcast and he knows this attention and he kind of mentions hey no one's really asked me these questions but you know I know what game is next on the schedule <laughs> yeah. and you know he mentions he always you know, loves DC he gives you the same answers there's nothing really interesting in his answers that he really says he's just kind of like you know hey this is my team and I love this this is my home and this is my team and I love John Wall I love those players and you know, I know that you've you've done your best at parsing any any Kevin Durant quotes to uh, <laughs> to try to find any any inkling of hints uh, that how much uh, he would you know. Once again, I think very facetiously uh, that you you know sarcasm mocking this thing. The one funny story I would have about Kevin to, I want to share to the fans is so last year. I was in the locker room, and, you know, David Aldridge begins the thing, but, hey, did you see the Heat new uniforms? And he makes a joke, and, you know, the whole reason I was there is to ask him about all these DC questions, and, you know, local news is in there with their cameras and asking him all these, like, kind of dumb questions, honestly. They, the local TV guys usually don't come with very interesting uh, interesting inquires, uh, to, especially the superstar. So I asked him a question about, you know, what he missed about DC, you know, being home, and he kind of, you know, my friends and family – and, you know, some some stock answer, which was, what I was looking for more like, you know, half smokes, Billy cheese, cheese dogs, mambo sauce, go go music. Like, give me, you know, going to the zoo or, you know, of course, me loving the zoo. I'd say the zoo or just something about about the city that you remember about home. And so the cameras are off and we're just hanging around. And uh, it was with, a, I think, a guy from Hoops District. And I asked him that like off camera and i was like hey like i was just asking you if you missed all these things and he tells me that he didn't really go to u street much because it was too dangerous his mom would let him go there back back when he grew up <laughs> and then he told me that he doesn't really like he likes he likes his wings without mama sauce on it uh oh. yeah i know right and then he Ooh. but then he but then he basically was like he starts just talking to me like he's like where are you where do you live man and like I, I turned around i was like did you just ask did kevin Durant just ask me like where i lived You know, like like he was just like having a normal human conversation, which you would never have with Kobe or LeBron, even if I was maybe from their hood. It was hilarious. It was really funny. I was like, yo, I live in Columbia Heights. You know, I live in Columbia Heights. And he goes, and now if I would have known something of Prince George's County, we could have probably had a 30-minute conversation about some spot in Prince George's County where he grew up. but. You know, he was from PG County, and you know, I most of my experience has been in the D.C. proper. But he was hilarious and humanizing. And he said he lived in the other guy said he lived in Arlington. They started talking about a falafel place that he liked to go to in Arlington. And I, yeah, like we have like a we had like a ten minute conversation about just like where we hang out in the city. And I was like, well, and he was the one that kept with the conversation. You know, like he was the one that like he was curious to like people from his home, and, and it was just a very human experience that i had with him and, and it makes me want to root for the guy you know aside from the whole what he wants to do my question to you but we're going to wrap up because i know you got to do some things and we're going to end this <clears throat> on this note i want to talk about your your bullets forever post uh that you did a simulation uh this is maybe peak uh kevin durant katie to dc <laughs> where you uh did a simulation on a video game M- nba 2k 2016 i believe uh and you did something i'm not a big video game guy so tell the people what you did what you found out and i'm going to link this in the show notes as well because i feel i find this very hilarious
1: Yeah, know so so basically I, I have this idea that you know the best way to kind of really get a feel for what's going to happen next summer is to uh simulate it out uh using 2k16 basically i put every team game on autopilot and simulated the season to see you know how the team fared and where Kevin Durant would go that summer and so basically jam yeah, would stay up at night and just kind of log okay attempt number 1 here's what happened okay oh Kevin Durant signs with the Thunder of course and then I did this uh, 30 times <laughs> uh, the risk plan was 100 because uh you know it sounded like a nice round number but then a week and a half in and i'm at up to 30 i'm like no and i only rented this game so you know i i I really have to take this back before i own it by not returning it so um i got to 30 and thankfully uh on attempt 30 um i got the result i wanted without manipulating it it just uh It kind of took an unusual course because the Wizards didn't uh, succeed their way into Lurian Durant. They failed miserably and got the top pick. (laughs) So it became Wall, Beal, Gortat, the number one pick, who was a power forward. And then it was like, hey, Durant, you want to just round this thing out? And the Thunder bombed out in the first round, so he joins and then just kind of charted out uh, the ensuing Wizards dynasty with uh, Durant.
0: What, what was the dynasty? How, how... Yeah,
1: well, uh, yeah, basically, um, they flamed out in the second round, um, <laughs> you know, the Wizards snatched in the first year. But then the next three years, they won the NBA Finals. Oh, um, wow. So including... what, what,
0: what year? What year is this? When, do, when can I play in the parade? Um, 2017, 20, wait, well,
1: you no. Know, it would be 2018, 2019, and 2020. Wow, but it gets awkward in 2020 because John Wall left in free agency. <laughs> <laughs> because the process finally worked with and Key. And got Alvin Biggs and John Wall, but then Kevin Durant beats him anyway. And so, get ready for the three P uh, in a few years.
0: Three P 2018. I would I would do that final final question about that what kind of reaction did you get from the people i know i brought this up i know this was i think you did it a month or two ago last month maybe what kind of reaction did you get did people want to maybe check your mental state uh how are you doing or
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it was i i I think people appreciated the absurdity of it which was i guess the point um but you know just also like this was fun. You're crazy, but this was fun, and so you know. That, I guess that was the response I was looking for. So mission we accomplished.
0: Well, I think one of the, the reasons I started blogging uh, in general about sports is I wanted to have fun. Part of it was to bitch at, at people like, online, complain. But uh, but another one was to do funny things. You know, especially with the Wizards and when they're losing, it's like yeah, we can talk about them being you know 20 and 62 and and being terrible or we can do funny Nick Young photoshops and, and make fun of JaVale McGee and, uh, <laughs> and Andre Blanche and, and Gilbert arenas and, and have fun with agent zero more so than just talk about how they're bad again. Uh, one final thought. What, what do you expect out of this game on, on Tuesday? Do you see the wizards maybe like the Spurs, you know, elevating their game? Once again, I, I mentioned how they've played well against the thunder. Uh, Would What should we expect from a basketball standpoint and what do you feel like the environment is going to be? Because I think it it might – it's a little early this year for this KD uh, hoopla. I don't know how much people are invested yet into this. Sometimes I think that that might help from the absurdity levels. Like, there won't be as bad, but I don't know. What do you expect?
1: Yeah, I I think it might be a a little more subdued just because of the time of year, but I I think it's going to be a competitive game like it was last year. The Wizards, you know, show up for the big boys, which you would expect them to. So I think think the Thunders will have the edge just because I think they're just by the team, but I think we're going to have another nice close game like we did last season.
0: So tell uh, this is uh, this has been Jake Whitaker of Bulls Forever. Uh, you can follow him on the Twitter machine uh, and also on BullsForever Anything that you can tell the people? Stuff you got coming up on the site or uh, that they should expect? You're, I'm sure you got no posts on Kevin, Kevin Durant over the next two days, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, I, I think I think we've uh, nailed as much Kevin Durant as we can today, but uh, we'll we'll pray. Probably... Follow the uh, insanity as best we
0: can tomorrow. So be ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll probably uh, try to do do some things myself. But once again, Jake, uh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you know, I had to have you on uh, for this week, but I'd like to have you on some some you know further on when the Wizards are you know twenty and ten and ready to uh, storm storm the league. Absolutely,
1: that was great,
0: man. All uh, right, dude, you have a good one, man. Uh, thank you so much for yeah, joining. Please. Thank you so much for joining uh, me and listening to us ramble on about the Wizards. Pixel and Roll Show. You can find it online. Leave us iTunes, Stitcher comments, all that good stuff. Tell me how I suck. And uh, big week for the Wiz. And uh, we'll be back at you. Hopefully Kyle will finally uh, respond to me and we can talk about this team. Uh, Hope everyone's well. Peace out. Go Wiz.